Welcome, everybody, to the Niners Nation podcast. I am not Niner Nate. I'm Rob Stats Carrera in for Nate today. But don't worry, Leo is still here guiding us through the days, weeks before training camp starts. Leo, I saw you got your coffee now. You're ready to roll. Hyped up for another Niners Nation podcast. Oh, yes. And if it wasn't Nate doing the intro, I think you killed it there. Uh, in his replacement so great job on you for that yeah I had a, I had to get in the coffee now before the headache starts rushing in uh, so anytime you could have a cup of coffee it, it's already a great day it feels like a win uh, hopefully you know the Giants could do that later uh, <laughs> I, I, I won't go too much into baseball Here's the crazy thing. Here's how much I like coffee. You texted that you were gonna get one before we started and then all of a sudden I was like, you know what I I could go for a cup of coffee too. Like just knowing that you were having one made me want one. It's kind of scary how powerful that is. Oh, it's uh, because my my fiance she doesn't drink any coffee, and it's just like so. I acknowledged her. I go, yes, it's an addiction, but hey, it's just coffee. We're not talking about anything crazy here. There's two things I'm addicted to: coffee and the 49ers. And so far, neither <laughs> one of them has uh, impacted my life greatly. We've got a ton to get to today. Don't listen to other shows that say that there's nothing going on or that we're in the dog days or anything like that. There's a ton going on. It seems like there's always something happening with the 49ers, Leo. First question for you. Did you see the video of Kyle Shanahan throwing the football like 50 yards across the street into a brick oven pizza maker? Yeah, I saw that video and I believe it was probably about like 30 minutes from my house if i'm correct uh, really joe staley lives in encinitas which is like north county san diego um i'm more towards downtown so it's probably even less than 30 minutes i really thought to myself damn do i just like just go up to you know encinitas and and just kind of just house search and join the party and <laughs> and just crash it and just start tossing footballs around with coach. I I really really consider that, but hey, it, it's great. Um, I I just pictured like off camera Kyle Shanahan like oh, I wish one of my quarterbacks did that for me last year. I because he's a competitive guy. Like, how does that not come out? Legit question. Is Nick Mullins capable of making that throw? Because I don't know that he is. <laughs> I don't think so. C.J. Beathard, uh, he, he, he could throw, you know, throw pretty far, but accurate into a, a pizza oven? Absolutely not. He would have missed. C.J. Beathard probably misses a pool, if we're being honest here. The uh, the jokes on Twitter were nonstop from everybody. The one I saw from Mike Florio, who said that Kyle Shanahan could have made the throw to Emmanuel Sanders in Super Bowl oh, Fifty Four. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, whew, well, Kyle Shanahan has a lot of experience as as the scout quarterback against the defense. Um, but I'm not even gonna go that far. That's a that's a tough throw to Emmanuel Sanders. Only only the great ones hit it. Uh, unfortunately for Jimmy, he wasn't great on that play. So I know that you and Nate have gone out of your way to try and avoid the quarterback talk because you know that so much of it is going to happen once training camp opens and we see these guys out on the field. You did your NFC West preview, which was awesome, by the way. If you missed any of those episodes, go back on the Niners Nation podcast feed. Check them out. You can go team by team, Cardinals, Seahawks, Rams. While you're there, subscribe, follow, whatever you want to call it. Feel free to drop (laughs) us a rating and a review as well. But I saw this story, and I thought, 
and you thought really that we should talk about it. And it's ESPN reporter Mike Reese, who recently wrote, mm-hmm. quote, I believe the Patriots will be sending a big thank you note to the 49ers for passing on Mac Jones with the number three overall pick. He slid all the way to New England at number 15 and has made a strong first impression on coaches and players. Your thoughts? Like, why Like why does he have to throw the 49ers in there? There was 14 other teams that passed up on him, and Mac Jones was just this illusion that Kyle Shanahan wanted. So now we're trying, well, not we, Mike Reese is trying really hard to just stick this Mac Jones to Kyle Shanahan narrative that was never there. Uh, Kyle Shanahan had his press conference to, to where he said, yeah, it was never Mac Jones. Um, so I, I just don't, I don't get it. And it's, and it's pretty annoying to, we thought we got past Mac Jones. We thought we were done with that discussion, <laughs> but it seems like every month past the draft, his name continues to float in the 49ers community, uh, for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of ridiculous to say the Patriots will send the 49ers a thank you note because the 49ers selected Trey Lance, who has a lot higher ceiling than what Mac Jones could ever offer the Patriots. If if you're sending anyone a thank you note, maybe it's the Denver Broncos because they decided to take a cornerback rather than a quarterback, uh, even with Justin Fields and Mac Jones on the board. Send a thank you note to the Bears because they traded up for Justin Fields and not Mac Jones. But, like... Come on, like, let's let's stop being let's be over this lazy narrative of Kyle Shanahan plus Mac Jones. His dad had Steve Young. He was able to make plays out of the pocket, was able to pick up a first first down um, with his legs on third and eight. Oh, his dad also had John Elway, who was able to do those same exact things. Hell, we saw him do a, a somersault in to get in the end zone during the Super Bowl. Um and then look what Kyle Shanahan's done with uh, RG3. Got him rookie of the year. Got him into the playoffs. And and I think it, emphasis on rookie of the year. Because Trey Lance is a rookie. So he could do it with a guy day one. Which, frankly, like Robert Griffin, you know, Heisman winner, was a really good college player. But as far as the tools go, I don't think that Robert Griffin is... His ceiling was much lower than what Trey Lance could be in a Kyle Shanahan offense because I think Trey Lance could could manipulate and, and produce from the pocket a lot higher than Robert Griffin. So this whole Mac Jones thing, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And I just hope one day or at least we could go one month without him being entered into our you know realm of 49ers world. Yeah, I don't understand the whole equation by Mike Reese there. Like... Why is it just the 49ers that they need to send a thank you note to? Like you said, what about the Falcons, Bengals, Dolphins, Lions, Panthers? Bro? Like the list goes on and on. It wasn't like they picked back to back in the draft. No. And by the way, even if Mac Jones ends up being like the 10th best quarterback in the league, if Trey Lance is like the third best quarterback in the league, are they still sending a thank you note to the 49ers? <laughs> like it's just so weird. And you know what it is, Leo? It's the fact that. They're always going to equate Mac Jones with the 49ers because if they don't, if they stop doing that, it means they were wrong before the draft about saying that the Niners were going to take Mac Jones. And people in the media do not like to admit when they were wrong. So it's going to be forever. Like 
Trey Lance and Mac Jones are always going to be compared, even though, like, the Niners could have taken Justin Fields, too. Like, are we going to compare them, right. or is it just Mac Jones? It's just a sort of weird thing. And, like, okay, good for Mac Jones. I hope he has a fine career with the Patriots. Congratulations. Like, that's awesome. But I'm done worrying about Mac Jones now. We got number five at quarterback, and I'm just going to spend my time worrying about him. Yeah, I, I think you could make the Justin Fields comparison uh, when discussing sending a thank you note to the 49ers. Like, Justin Fields would be the name just because of the similarities between Trey Lance and Justin Fields in their game. Rather than Mac Jones, it's like there's no similarities to make to say thank you. Uh, what I always say is, um, like, say if Mac Jones is, I'm I'm just going to use an example from a different draft. Say Mac Jones is Deshaun Watson and Trey Lance is Patrick Mahomes. I'm just talking about where Trey Lance is more superior than Mac Jones. It's... You're not sending a thank you note. You're you're not sending anything because the 49ers ended up with a better quarterback, which with Kyle Shanahan, we saw what he could do with Nick Mullins. We saw what he could do with, with even C.J. Beathard beating the Arizona Cardinals. Like That's why we're so confident in the success of Trey Lance. It's not just because of his traits and his abilities. It's because the, the head coach, the play caller, the one that's going to be designing all the scheme it's going to set him up for success. Like, there's no reason Nick Mullins should be third all-time in NFL history for, for yards in their first 16 starts behind Patrick Mahomes and Andrew <laughs> Luck. Like, there's no reason. So it's like, okay, you take that from Nick Mullins and then you insert Trey Lance, who is not an undrafted free agent, who it was a bona fide top four, top three pick in this draft to where it's, yeah, he, he's going to be pretty good. So this whole thank you note, it it's, seems a little petty, if you had asked me. Yeah, I agree. Weird weird take from Mike Reese, but all right. Like, if that's how the Patriot fans are going to view it, like, okay, we'll we'll find out who gets the, uh, the better end of that deal. Speaking of deals, Leo, there was a report that came out last week that the 49ers are engaging with Fred Warner in contract talks and that... They hope to get a deal done before training camp starts. Uh, In case you don't know, the 49ers report July 27th for training camp. They don't get on the field, I believe, until the 31st. And if you're keeping track at home, George Kittle's deal got done just before training camp kicked off. What are you hearing about the Warner deal, and do you think that gets done? Um, I don't know if it gets done on the same timetable as George Kittle did. I think it absolutely should. And it sounds like it's going to be within that Bobby Wagner range of the $18 million per year, which is, it's fair. You always want to get a bargain middle linebacker that just balls the hell out and you're not having to pay him $18 million. Like, yeah, that's a dream scenario. But Fred Warner is just so electric in, in what he does to that defense. He's like what Richard Sherman provided in Seattle, but as a middle linebacker rather than a, a cover three corner. Uh, so we've seen him cover like Hollywood Brown of the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> on a freaking dig route up the field. This guy's insane. Like he uh, unlocks so much of what you could do with your defense in coverage um, wise, as well as 
he's a he's a five tool linebacker to where he he could play against the run as well and and be and get skinny off blocks and and find the angles to where he's avoiding blocks or or just engages and then gets off the block as well uh he's just so so fantastic i i think fred warner is just one of those things to where or players i should say not things you can't put a price tag on him if you put in a price tag on fred warner you're not going to come out happy with the negotiation uh but if you just acknowledge the player he is and you pay him as that then yeah it's it's not like these middle linebackers are making quarterback money he's not going to take this crazy amount of percentage of the of the team salary like say Jimmy Garoppolo is like if you get Fred Warner on 18 million this season or just say that's his average Jimmy Garoppolo still 9 million dollars more than that Jimmy Garoppolo is making 150% of what <laughs> Fred Warner's contract is like let's let's ignore the money value and and watch this guy play that money is going to speak for itself the the salary cap is going to go up year over year so by time we're in what year three of that contract year four of that contract which realistically it's probably going to be a five-year deal so year three or year four he's might be on the outside of the top five highest paid middle linebackers in the game because there's some really really good ones that are going to get paid like Devin Bush um then you have Deion Jones who's going to need a new contract uh the Devin White in Tampa Bay who's going to get paid pretty hefty so Fred Warner's probably going to be outside of the top five in in three to four years absolutely in four years so he's he's fantastic and you you just can't put a price tag on him when you put a price tag on him you're not going to come away happy in negotiations yeah I think your point about the Jimmy Garoppolo contract is spot on like they could sign Fred Warner to 18 million a year, which would be tied for the most for any middle linebacker in the league, and they would still gain cap room once Jimmy Garoppolo is off the team. That's how much money Jimmy G is making. Um, I agree. I love the idea of the 49ers having all pros on multiple levels of their defense. Bosa obviously on the defensive line. You get Warner at the linebacker spot. That's how you build these all-time good defenses. Go back and look at like the Legion of Boom, for example. You had incredible players at multiple levels of a defense. That's how you get these units that become legendary, and I think that's what the 49ers want. And I look at the flip side of things, Leo. Even though the cap's going up every year, like you said, I don't know if the 49ers are going to necessarily have to shell out a ton of huge contracts on the offensive side of the ball in terms of skill players because I think Kyle Shanahan's kind of like, unless I got like a Julio Jones, George Kittle type of guy – I'll just we'll just draft dudes and I'll I'll get them open like you know like are they gonna break the bank for Debo Samuel I don't think so no I don't think Debo's signing a second deal with the 49ers Brandon Ayuk maybe but he's only played for a year so they don't have to worry about that for a few years you know the way Shanahan goes through running backs so my point is that if the Niners have to spend a little more on the defensive side of the ball that's okay, especially considering that Trey Lance is going to be on a rookie deal for the next at least four years. Right, and I, I think it's man. I think it would be smart if, if you extend Fred Warner and you front load this contract and move off of Jimmy. Like, is that okay to say? Like, move off of Jimmy's contract, and so that you could front load Fred Warner's deal. The reason why you would front load that deal is so that it gets cheaper in year three, year four, year five. Um, 
why do you want it to be cheaper then? Because you're going to have Trey Lance, who's going to get paid eventually, and you're going to have Nick Bosa, who's going to get paid a ton. Those edge rushers, top quality edge rushers, get paid just as much as quarterbacks do. Um, so with those two contracts you're looking at, probably preferred to have Fred Warner on a front-loaded deal than a back-loaded one. So moving off from Jimmy would be would be huge to this team and that's possibly why I don't see this deal maybe not being on the same timetable as George Kittle uh, because it'll, it kind of just forces their hand to backload that contract if they do it now with Jimmy on the roster but if Jimmy's off the roster then they have flexibility to backload it or front load it or just have it even across the board or whatever the heck they want to do with that contract they just have a lot more flexibility. And when you're running with numbers like this, when you're running an organization, a, a billion-dollar franchise, you want to have some flexibility when working on a deal like this. Yeah, I think flexibility is the most important thing for a franchise to have. And if you have to pay a little to get that flexibility, I'm all for that. I think teams should do it. I think it serves them better in the long run. All right, let's take a break. We've still got a lot more to get to. Because you made me aware of something that I didn't know about Ocho Cinco and Frank Gore. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into a little trash talk from Jimmy Ward, which I absolutely loved. And we're also going to have maybe the most important debate we've ever had on a Niners Nation podcast. We'll do all that when we come back. We were just talking about Fred Warner's deal, Leo. Let's talk about another guy in this Niners defense, and that's Jimmy Ward, who basically in like one tweet or a couple tweets, I should say, Called out every single tight end in the National (laughs) Football League, not named George Kittle. He was responding to a list of all the tight ends that I think CBS Sports put out. And basically he was like, none of these dudes can get 50 yards on me in a game except for George Kittle. What's up? You love that, that just energy to where he wasn't even called out on. No one like mentioned his name or safeties <laughs> in general about these tight ends or what these tight ends can do. It was just like, oh, here goes the top list. And Jimmy Ward said, all right, let me turn on violence right now because I'm just going to go at these guys next. And that's exactly what he did. And the only one I could realistically say, okay, that one could probably put up 50 would be Travis Kelsey because Patrick Mahomes could throw fit the ball in any bucket and he will force that window he will force that throwing window um even if it's not there darren waller i think he's a hell of a tight end but Derek carr is not going to throw on jimmy ward if he sees jimmy ward guarding him man to man and then the other tight ends i those would be the only two i would be worth debating about uh the other one like zach ertz what did he do last year? He was not good. <laughs> George Kittle's obviously on Jimmy Ward's team, so that's a benefit there. Um, Jimmy Graham's really old. Greg Olson retired. Like these these tight ends, they're good, but they're not any ones that you're gonna want to debate when it comes to Jimmy Ward, because Jimmy Ward may not be a household name like a Tyron Matthew, but I do think he should be in that that spectrum with Tyron Matthew because he's a hell of a safety and I'm glad he finally got a home with this team and they gave him a home and stopped putting him at outside corner 
and let him play that free safety. And the reason why I say honey badger is because he does play that honey badger role to where sometimes you'll see him up high. Sometimes you'll see him in the box. Sometimes you'll see him in the slot. Uh, sometimes you'll see him blitzing. He may not blitz to the amount of Honey Badger uh, has with Kansas City, but maybe that changes this year under D'Amico Ryans. And now we're talking about Jimmy Ward, the blitzer. Uh, so I, I don't think his his ceiling, his potential is fully tapped yet, and that's why the 49ers gave him that, that second contract. And this, he's just unbelievable in coverage. Cooper Cup was having a phenomenal year in 2019. He was just putting up crazy numbers, 100 yards, eight catches a game, and then Jimmy Ward just comes in there and and makes him look pedestrian, makes him look like a mediocre receiver, as Richard Sherman would say. Um, <laughs> so I, I I think like this guy, he should be more respected across the league. If he's not, that's fine because we enjoy watching him play, and that's all that matters. I look at the 49ers schedule this year and I'm like, all right, Jimmy Ward just put all the tight ends on blast. Let me see who they have coming in. <laughs> and you're right, Leo. It's not like they play a murderer's row of tight ends. I mean, TJ Hawkinson week one, okay. Robert Tanyan with the Packers, all right. But Aaron Rodgers might not even be in that game, so who the hell knows. Um, other than that, oh, Kyle Pitts in week 15 against Atlanta. I guess that that's probably the best one, although we don't really know how good Kyle Pitts is going to be yet, but it's not like Jimmy Ward's going to have to eat a lot of crow with his talking here. That's kind of smart timing yeah. by him to put it out this year. Yeah, I don't think so. And then like TJ Hawkinson, um, he's flashed a bit. Like he, he's a good tight end, but who's his quarterback now? Yeah, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I don't think Jared Goff's really going to want to test Jimmy Ward. He knows him all too well. And uh, the other name, like Tanyan. Tanyan gets a lot of touchdowns, but he doesn't put up much yardage. So I think he's also under that 50-yard barrier. And then uh, Kyle Pitts, yeah, that that's the one that may um, be able to get Jimmy Ward this year if there is a one. Uh, but Kyle Pitts is also like a, a receiver more so than a tight end. True. I um I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like the 49ers have to play the Falcons every year in December. It's just like it drives me nuts, and I always get nervous about that game. I'm still nervous about that game for some reason. I don't feel good about it, Leo. They're one of those teams that's always going to be a tough out for the 49ers. Um, with, you know, when they have, they have a quarterback like Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan could win any game at any moment, depending if he has a defense that game. <laughs> if he doesn't have a defense that game, then no, he's he's not going to win. Um, but they have talented receivers like Calvin Ridley, um, Kyle Pitts, uh, their backfield's a, a little more of a question mark, but Mike Davis did look really good in Carolina last year. Uh, 49ers legend, that is Mike Davis. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. It, it's definitely going to be tough. They got the OC from Tennessee now there. Um, so they'll be good. Uh, hopefully they're just not good when they play against the 49ers in December. Yeah, I mean, I still have – they beat the 49ers in 2019. I know. They beat the Super Bowl team. So maybe that's, like, scarring me and making me more nervous than than I should be. Yeah, a, a lot of it was Richard Sherman was out, K1 was out, uh, D. Ford was out, obviously, at that time as well. So the 49ers had, like, four starters missing on defense. I think five starters, actually, because – uh, Jaquaski Tart was also out. Uh, obviously, Kate, uh, Quan Alexander was out. So they had a ton of injuries that game. Uh, 
but let's let's just not hope that they have a, a, a second time against the 49ers and and they still keep the narrative that the 49ers are a Super Bowl team. Two more things before we go. We're going to get to the most important debate ever had on an Honors Nation podcast, but you sent me this before we started recording. I never would have seen this. Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, tweeted on July 1st, fun fact, I would train and spar with Frank Gore every offseason since 2006, and he included a picture, and I have to say, Chad Johnson in the picture looks pretty cut up and a lot bigger than I remember him, (laughs) and then there's Frank Gore who just, he looks like a tank. Like yep. you see, I see that picture in him, and I'm like, yeah, no wonder nobody could friggin' stop this guy for 15 years. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, willing to go out on a limb to say Frank War probably won a lot, if not all of those <laughs> sparring sessions. Especially after I just saw Ocho Cinco fight not too long ago. What was it like last month? And yeah. it was uh, looked like he didn't really know what to do with them hands. Uh, and while Frank Gore, I trust him a whole lot more. A guy that's built for contact, a guy who enjoys contact. Who, who did we hear it from recently? I think it was Patrick Willis that even when they would practice light, Frank Gore did not have that in his body to say, hey, we're practicing light and I'm not going to try to run over Patrick Willis here. Um, so the fact that he would continue to play or practice that way, do I think that he carried that over into a sparring spe- session? Absolutely. I fully do believe he tried to knock off Ocho Cinco's hand, head and he wasn't just trying to play patty cake with him and say, oh, we're training. Let's have fun. No, Frank Gore ain't built like that. He definitely tried to knock over his head. Yeah. And if he wasn't, the second you threw that first shot, like Frank Gore is going to be like, oh, okay. And then he's <laughs> yeah. going to destroy you. Like of all the dudes that I could have to fight with, I would take Ocho Cinco so much faster than Frank Gore. Like, no thank you. I wouldn't want to fight Frank Gore 10 years from now, okay? Like, forget it. No thank you. Uh, Gore looks like a badass in this picture that Ocho Cinco tweeted out, which we will uh, retweet from the Niners Nation podcast account as well so you can see it. He's definitely one of the last, say, former 49ers over the past 10 years. He's definitely one of the last ones I would choose to get in a boxing ring with. Uh, who would be the first one? Huh? Probably like Andy Lee <laughs> would be my top one. On the Why list. you got to do Andy Lee like that, Leo? <laughs> okay, Robbie Gold. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, now, geez. Uh, by the way, that is my, my biggest 49ers fear this year. I think Robbie Gold is going to be awful, and I don't know why they gave him that deal. He's made something like 78% of his kicks the last two years. That's hideous. So you heard it here, Rob is on the kickers don't matter train no they do matter (laughs) especially when they're as bad as robbie gold has been that's what i'm saying like i i was like legit worried that when they signed him to this deal and like the more i think about it and the more i read he has hit 78 percent of his field goals over the last two years including two of eight from 50 plus i have zero confidence in him leo yeah so i think he'll be money under 40 yards, I, I think he'll still be money, but it's going to be a little weird once it's past that 40-yard spectrum. Uh, say if it's 45, I'm going to say this. Anything 40 and over, he's going to be at 68%, which is not good. It's not good, but that's just my prediction. 
But isn't every kicker good from 40 yards and in? Like, if you can't make yeah. them 40 yards and in, you shouldn't be an NFL kicker. Yeah, well, it also limits what you could put on the scoreboard. Say, if mm-hmm. you got a 50-yard, 51-yard field goal here, and instead you got to punt it and, and take those three points off the board, like, what if it ends up being a two-point game and you lost? Yet, you could have kicked that field goal, but you don't trust one of your highest-paid kickers in the NFL to, to be out on the field and give the other team a fair field position. Yeah, I- I'm not I'm not loving that. Maybe that's like just my July worry. That could be like it's the middle of July. So I'm just freaking out about stuff that's could happen with the 49ers. But I don't know. We'll find out. Last thing today, you were we were talking about Frank Gore. Frank Gore was the last 49er jersey that I had up until last year when I finally broke down and got a George Kittle jersey. I know that many people have been flying to their computers and their phones to order the new red throwbacks the 49ers have coming this year, which look absolutely fantastic. You put it to me before we started, what are the two best 49ers jerseys of all time? I think the 49ers are going to wear the two best jerseys of all time this season because it's the white throwbacks from 94 and the red throwbacks from 94 for me, and it's not even close, Leo. Yeah, th- those are two really, really, really well done jerseys. Um, the white is definitely in for me. The white 94s with the shadow black, that's definitely going to be one of my two. The second one, that that's where you, your your motor starts sinking. Is it the Don't blacks? Don't do it. Don't is, is do it. it the, no, come no, on. No, it's not, it's not the blacks. It's not the blacks for me. I think the blacks look better on... Just say us fans, you go to a game and you have your Niners black jersey or you're at your house, you're you go somewhere. It, it's a better fashion jersey to wear it in that matter rather than seeing them on the field wear it. I think it's way better as a fashion statement. And then I, I kind of do dig the 98 ones. Well, you know, think about it. Steve Young warm, Jerry Rice warm, T.O. warm. Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, a lot of great Niners wore those 98 ones. I'm talking about the the burgundy kind of style with the with the gold pants. That's what I liked about it is that the pants were gold. Uh, what they wear now, the pants, it, it just reminds me of going to Target. Like khaki. <laughs> it fit Harbaugh so well. It hit, fit him so well. Um, so like the dad pants, I'm not really too hone in on so i do like seeing the gold one because it matches the helmet a little better yeah um but i'm not choosing the 98 burgundy with the gold pants i'm probably gonna go with their original homes the original homes with the with the red solid white numbers the dad pants dad khaki big ass stripes on the sides with the big ass stripes on the side yep (laughs) um see see i do I really do like I I want to say both both shadow number ones uh, jerseys, but the reason why I say just the white one and not the red ones, because of the white pants kind of just throws it off a little bit for me with with those ones. Maybe if it was a gold pants, I think it, it could look really really enhanced. Um, or or red ones, ooh an all red looking like ketchup out there i'm i'm for uh, it i'm for the ketchup look <laughs> well okay listen to this because i don't know if you saw this i saw this this morning according to 49er cmo alex chang 
The team is considering a couple of alternate helmets because don't forget, starting, I think, in 2022, the NFL is allowing teams to have an alternate helmet. And the 49ers are considering two potential options, one of which is the 94 helmet, which they wore with those shadow uniforms, which is basically the same helmet they have now, except the SF doesn't have the shadow on it. It doesn't have the black and the oval. To me, like, don't waste it. But the other option According to, again, Alex Chang, 49ers CMO, is a 1955 helmet, which is, for those of you that don't know, we keep calling them the 94 throwbacks, but they're really the 1955 throwbacks. That's where the jersey comes from. And in 1955, they did not have gold helmets. The 49ers wore red helmets. So apparently the 49ers are considering a throwback alternate red helmet, like the ones they wore in 1955, with a silver stripe and a silver face mask, and they apparently are looking at both of those. I don't know, Leo. I'd have to see the helmet before I decide. I'd have to check it out. Yeah, and it's like, does it have to be that exact one? Can like, can you make a red one and use the same stripe that they have now with the with the? Maybe you want to do a black and a white since the helmet would be red. Um, yeah. Looking at looking at the old photo, it's just like I want to throw a logo on there. Like, so does it have to be identical to that, or can you just make altercations to it? I think if you could just alter it a bit, it could look really, really great. Uh, throw on the 49ers logo on the side. Do the current stripe up. Maybe replace the red uh, stripe for the for a black or for a gold. Because obviously you don't want red on red. Uh, since the helmet would be red but i'm all for it like if you wear the the older helmets like say the joe montana heydays it's basically the same thing right hey here's my homework uh you can copy just change it up a little so they don't think it's the same (laughs) that's that's what you would be doing (laughs) you know I just realized this now because you happen to be wearing, as we record this, what I think is the greatest 49er hat ever made. It's just a red hat with a white and black SF with no oval around it or anything. What if they made the alternate helmet like that? Do the red helmet. Just put the white and black SF on it with no oval or anything. If you want to throw the stripe on there, you could put a stripe in there. That's what I think it should be, Leo. I just thought of it now. That's the alternate helmet I want because I agree with you. What is the point of going back to the 94 helmet? It's basically the same thing they have now. If you're going to make an mm-hmm. alternate jersey, make it different. Yeah, absolutely. Or, I, I know you're not a fan of the black uniforms, but I oh, stated this when they came out. When it came out, I said, these helmets or these uniforms would look so good if it had a black helmet. Because hmm. because with with the gold helmet, it just kind of threw it off. That's why I look, That's why I say it looks better as a fashion statement because the gold helmet threw it off a little bit but if they were able to replace the gold helmet with the black helmet you could just do a quick google search type in 49ers black helmet you'll see some black helmet designs on there and so if you had like a matte black with the 49ers oval logo on there it looks pretty dope and now imagine just like a blacked out uniform we don't have to say oh black is you know the raiders the Raiders are in Vegas. Like, they're irrelevant now. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> they're a completely different state. So I think a blacked-out uniform would look pretty dope on, on a night game. Obviously, you're not going to wear that during the day. <laughs> but I'm for it. Just change it up. Something other than gold. That's uh, It's interesting. I could see that. I am looking at the pictures now. There are definitely some black 49er helmets out there you can check out. 
So the black with the red S, like the regular logo looks good. And I'm also seeing a matte black with just a gold 49ers logo. That looks pretty good, too. Like, I'm not an advocate of the black in the Niners jersey colors. But if I had to do it, I, I think you're right, Leo. I think you go all in, embrace it, change the helmet, too. I think that would help it. Uh, and you're right also that there's a difference between how jerseys look like when we wear them versus how they look on the actual field. I know mm-hmm. that I did not like the Jets jerseys and the Rams jerseys when I saw them, the new ones that came out. But then when I saw the players in them on the field, they look way better on the field than they do just like to see a picture of it. So there is a difference there. Yeah, like like how I, I kept calling the black ones a fashion statement. I don't know if anyone... Uh, Maybe a lot of you are are Giants fans uh, when it comes to baseball as well. They came out with their City Edition jerseys today where it was like the fog uh, style. I think when I saw the players wearing them, it looked hideous. But then they uploaded like celebrities in the San Francisco area wearing them like Pilo, who does a lot of stuff with the 49ers for music. And it looks way better as a fashion statement. Like it, it made me think, oh, maybe I should go get one. But seeing the players on it, it, it looked awful. And I would like, I'm, I'm glad the NFL, I brought up MLB, not just because it's Giants, but seeing what they're doing, just opening up the door for more uniforms, more alternate. Uh, and now the NFL is allowing like the 49ers to wear six different alternates rather than just two uh, for yep. the season. I, I'm glad this is opening the door. I don't know why they try to be so you know, tighten up their their uh, tie and say, this is how we're running our business. It makes no sense because now you put out more merchandise, what's going to happen? It, more is going to sell. So if you put out the same thing and say, we're sticking to this, then you're limiting what you can sell and, and market. Having all these different uniforms, it just opens up the door. Now I'm going to go get the red shadowed numbered jerseys, the 94s. I'm going to get the white 94s. I'm going to get the current home, and I'm going to get the current away. So rather than just having two jerseys, now I'm going out buying four. So I'll just keep it going. Don't don't try to cap it off like you've done in the past NFL. Maybe, hell, create a city edition. Just Giants, don't copy the uh, 49ers, don't copy the Giants, and try to uh, you emphasize some fog in there because it obviously <laughs> didn't work out for the Giants. I agree. I thought the NFL liked money. It all of a sudden they draw the line at the number of jerseys teams can have. Like, it doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. I think I've always been a jersey guy. I love in college how they basically have like a different jersey every week. I think it's yes. awesome. They come up with some really cool ideas. Yeah, some of them stink. I agree. But like, I think there's way more good ideas than bad. I love it. I think more people would buy the more jerseys that come out. I think people will buy them. I think wait till you see how much money the 49ers are going to make off of these 94 throwbacks, the red ones. I think people are going to be buying them like crazy. I know Niner Nate immediately went online and mm-hmm. got his Trey Lance jersey. He was all about it. I'm sure he wasn't alone. In fact, I think it's, I've heard that it's hard to get those now. So I don't even Fred know. Fred Warner if sold still... out. The red 94 really? Fred Warner, it is sold out. The next day, I try to go get one. Um, because, you know, I was going to do the whole dad life to where I had one, my fiance had one, and then my daughter had one. But the one I try to get myself for, so the men, uh, Fred Warner, is just sold out. The, the one with the stitch numbers, would, that's the one I wanted to get sold out. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you got to go stitched. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, every time. It's just I don't, I don't trust washing them if they're not stitched. Uh, yep. It gets really difficult. And it just 
it looks better. Like you feel, you feel a lot more confident. Like, ooh, I'm out in my stitch jersey. Like, <laughs> I, I still do have the heat press. Like, I, I have my George Kittle heat press. Like, no, no, I'm not slandering at anyone that has a heat press jersey. But everybody who has a jersey knows what it feels like to rock a stitched one. Yeah, you got the. It's like the extra weight. You could feel it. It just, mm-hmm. it feels good. I throw the jersey on on Sunday morning. I throw the jersey on the second I get out of bed. I do the shopping on Sunday morning. I go to the store in the jersey. I make sure everybody sees it. And, yeah, you definitely feel a little more confident with the stitch. I feel like the stitch is like no casual fan has the stitch jersey. I'll just say it that way. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. And I'll say this. Since we're all talking about jerseys and 49ers, uh, just don't, don't use any gold jerseys. Like that's my one request. No gold g- jerseys, please. They they just look not like they're not even a fashion statement. They're just not it in general. They're just the 49ers are a really weird team. They have I like their colors, but they don't all work. Like some teams like the Bills can have a red jersey, they could have a white jersey, yep. they could have a blue. All their colors work for jerseys. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of teams like that. There's a lot of teams like that. 49ers are not one. The gold is an accent color only. You can't have it be like the main color of a jersey. It just it does not work. No matter how you do it, it's ugly. You don't want to look like the Seahawks <laughs> when they throw out their little highlight green jerseys. Their lime like you don't want to look like that. So don't do any gold. I don't think we want to look like the Seahawks in any way for any reason. That's gonna do it for this edition of the show. We remind you again, please rate review follow the Niners Nation podcast network we really do appreciate it if you take an extra five seconds drop us a review throw a question in there I promise you we will answer it on the show Leo thank you for letting me pinch hit today I really appreciate it hey anytime you know you just came in and and saved us and basically pinched hit a, a grand slam right now so appreciate you coming on the only I was gonna make a reference to the Giants, but the only Giants player I know is like Buster Posey or uh, Yastrzemski. That's it. Come on, you should know more than that. You got Brandon Crawford; he's an All Star. I'm Evan, a Mariners fan, man. Evan Longoria. Oh, that's right. He's still there. Jeez, yeah, is Brandon he having a good Bell. year? Uh, he's <laughs> he's on the IL. Go figure. So he's there hurt. you go. Brandon Bell's hurt. Um, but hey, Giants are making moves. First place so far. Dodgers are not making it easy. Yeah, there you go. I know you're. I hear you're. Uh, you and uh, Nate talk about the Giants before you record almost every show. There's like a little mini Giants update to take people behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. It's a movement right now because nobody expected it. Everyone thought that the Giants were going to be like, say, in the Mariners, uh, kind of oh. record wise. Uh, you like how I threw that in there? <laughs> hey. The Mariners are five games over 500 now. I'm throwing a friggin' party because we haven't seen five games over 500 in like 20 years. So. At least this far into the season. Absolutely right. true. Exactly. So, all right, everybody, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you next week.